critical race theory is a racist theory. And I want to destroy this myth right now. People of all colors, including myself, oppose critical race theory because it's based on a lie. This country was founded on liberty and freedom, and the idea that people are should be looked at by skin color is insulting to everything that what America stands for. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Reason to Doubt, your source for all things skeptical. I'm your host, Jordan, and with me is my co-host, Jared. How's it going, Jared? It is going. It's been a crazy week, um, but... It hasn't been racist. <laughs> well, how would you know as a middle class white male in America? Oh, that is true. Well, I haven't I haven't been racist this week, I don't think. Are you sure? Because what I heard is that you're racist just by existing. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. So today what we're going to be talking about is something that's been in the news a lot lately. It is critical race theory. And if you've listened to Fox News or uh, any Republican or right-leaning politicians, then you might have the impression that this, whatever it is, is taking the country by storm. Uh, it's infiltrated all of the elementary schools. Your middle schoolers are doing papers on it, et cetera, et cetera. And there's, even though there's a lot of discourse and rancor about it, there's not a lot of understanding of what it actually is. So. We thought we would look into what is critical race theory actually, and then see if that matches the claims being made about critical race theory um, and examine those claims skeptically, given what we know. I didn't even know what the term was until this year, actually. I mean, I consider myself a fairly, fairly in touch person with academia and stuff. And this term had never even crossed my mind or crossed my radar till this year. And so I had to educate myself on what it was in this process. Yeah, I've... Like, I'm not an academic in this field by any stretch of the imagination, but I've been in tune with like the BLM movement. I attended some rallies and I also had never heard this term until like six months ago. So. And it's crazy, too, just real quick, like it's surprising that this term didn't come up when we were doing our research for our systemic racism episode we did. That is a, a really good point. So we did do an episode on systemic racism. It was. Episode 16, Systemic Racism, mainly focused on police brutality and things like that. So that's definitely a good episode to listen to. I think we're going to be covering some similar ground today. But yeah, that is a good point. Uh, looking back, I am a little surprised it didn't come up. But also, I think that shows, shows kind of a preview uh, that critical race theory isn't this all-encompassing thing that the right is trying to make it out to be. Because yeah. we did an entire episode with, I mean, a reasonable amount of research on systemic racism and never once touched critical race theory. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into that, as always, uh, today's fallacy of the day is the straw man fallacy. I think we've done it before, but it felt like it'd be relevant today. It felt super relevant. <laughs> so the straw man fallacy is what happens when you mischaracterize your opponent's position in other words, like building a dummy position like a man made of straw that's easier to knock down. And so yeah. you do this in order to avoid engaging the points that your opponent is actually making and instead uh, engage with something that's much easier for you to defeat. Yeah. Most of the times this is done on purpose, but it is possible to make a straw man argument without knowing that you're doing it. But it 
it, it's possible to unintentionally straw man if you just don't understand yeah. the other side, which is why it's very important to ask clarifying questions and to uh, confirm with the person you're talking to that you understood what they said, kind of talk their position back to them before you opine on it. But more often it's done uh, in ways, what's a good example of a straw man? So here's an example of a straw man that uh, an atheist might run, a, run across. You might say, well, I'm an atheist because I lack belief in a god. I haven't seen sufficient evidence. And the other side might say, well, have you checked the entire universe? I mean, you're saying that there's no evidence for God, and therefore we can be certain there is no God. But how could you possibly come to that conclusion? You don't have enough evidence to say that there's no God. Well, that's a straw man of the atheist position. The straw man being that we're making the claim there is definitely no God when, in fact, we simply lack belief. So it's very important before you go charging off against another position that you accurately understand it and you portray it accurately. That's going to come up a lot today. So with that out of the way, let's let's look at a little bit of what's being said. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about what, what is being said in the popular media. Then we're going to go deep dive into what critical race theory actually is. And then with that information, we're going to circle back and debunk some claims. So let's start at first. What are people saying about critical race theory? Yeah, this is pretty interesting because when we first thought about, you know, doing our preliminary research for this topic in this episode, we didn't suspect we would go down this route. We just thought we would examine it critically and skeptically and kind of give an overview on it. But as we started looking into it, there was so much stuff, and usually from a conservative point of view, of claims being made about what CRT, which is the common uh, acronym people use when they're speaking about critical race theory because it's too difficult to say the whole thing, I guess. But um, that these claims are just, we had to address them. And so some of the claims, stuff like, Critical race theory is trying to indoctrinate our children. Uh, it's un-American, and it's teaching people that it's not okay to be white. Um, Here's an example from PragerU, which, I mean, that is it has you right in the name, so you know that it's reliable. Yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with PragerU, it is not a university. It's just a YouTube channel. But uh, they, in their video, what is critical race theory, which you'd think might be a video just like explaining what the thing is. Here's what they had to say. Critical race theory holds that the most important thing about you is your race. The color of your skin, that's who you are. Not your behavior, not your values, not your environment. Your race. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> slow, slow, slow your roll well, there, homeschooling. If you don't believe Prager you, though, we can go to the former vice president of the United States of America, Mike Pence. And this is what he had to say. And we must eliminate critical race theory at every level. <laughs> critical race theory teaches children as young as kindergarten to be ashamed of their skin color. It represents a full-throated assault aimed at the heart of the American experiment. And it's nothing short of state-sponsored and state-sanctioned racism. So these are some, some pretty intense claims. Uh, CRT says that it's wrong to be white. 
CRT says that every single person is a racist in in that they are doing racist things. Uh, shopkeepers are discriminating against black people, or if you don't think you're discriminating, you are discriminating. It's indoctrinating children as young as kindergarten. Uh, it's a assault on everything American. Yeah, it's going to turn America upside down. So, be, um, so these are some hefty claims. And, and if all you heard was this sort of rhetoric, then you might be one of these parents that are going into school boards protesting critical race theory being taught to your kids in elementary school because you don't want them to feel ashamed just because of the way they were born. It sounds racist, right? So what is critical race theory really? Critical race theory in practice is just a way of looking at systems, you know, whether that be law systems, governing bodies, um, any kind of system in place, and looking to see if there are any kind of inherent racist traits about that system. So it's a way to critically examine systems to identify racist traits about that system. Uh, we can give an actual definition here. So uh, Kimberly Crenshaw is widely credited as coining the term critical race theory. So who better to define it than the person who coined the term? And she said, it is a way of seeing, attending to, accounting for, tracing and analyzing the ways that race is produced, the ways that racial inequality is facilitated, and the ways that our history has created those inequalities that now can almost be effortlessly reproduced unless we attend to the existence of those inequalities. So basically, here's, here's the history. CRT came from the work of legal scholars and activists in the late 70s, uh, included people like Derek Bell, Alan Freeman, and Richard Delgado. And what they were trying to do is they'd observed the civil rights movement make great strides and, and advances. And then a lot of those things were eroded or being rolled back or were failing, were faltering, and they wanted to understand why. So in the early 80s, students at the Harvard uh, Law School were you know, studying under these people, and they were protesting the lack of racial diversity among the students and faculty at Harvard. And it culminated in those students, including Kimberly Crenshaw, forming their own alternative coursework basically taking up the mantle of these individuals like Derek Bell um, and focus on courses that were looking at law through a racial lens. Yeah. So the first official meeting, formal meeting centered on critical race theory was in 1989. And since then, CRT has spread to various law schools. And that's where it's taught primarily. So uh, critical race theory is a theoretical framework through which the American system of government and society is viewed, and it's taught to graduate students in law schools. So unless little Timmy, uh, your kindergartner, is auditing classes at Harvard, you're probably <laughs> not yeah. being taught critical race theory. Well, they, the, it's interesting to, or it's important to note out that it this occurred in the 70s. And if you remember the 50s and 60s of the civil rights movement, this was actually like a backlash uh, against the civil rights movement to say like, hey, racism isn't just a person to person thing. It's not just, you know, these apparent Jim Crow laws, the, you know, segregation, uh, like you being racist person to person. They're saying this goes much deeper than that. There's something going on here. And we need to try to figure it out. And that's kind of where that motivation came from. It was, uh, in, a, in a some ways, a repudiation of the civil rights movement. Not that saying, oh, what they did was bad or anything like that, but saying that they're going about it the wrong way because they're trying to address 
the surface level problems instead of getting at the deeper problems. And the yeah. way that they're attacking the problem isn't going to be effective. Yeah, and so that's, I mean, but critical race theory, like you said, it's only done in academia. This is something where they, they look at things, they write papers and stuff, and they just do it up in their heads, you know. Um, it, it's a it's, theoretical framework, and it's not, it, it's, I, w- I won't say fringe, it's not fringe, but it's a small group within academia. And even CRT, like those, they call themselves crits, the people who like subscribe <laughs> to CRT, uh, they aren't a majority and they aren't monolithic. Like there's disagreements, of course, just like in any other academic group. Yeah. So, so when they're, when people are saying that this is being taught in kindergarten or it's indoctrinating kids in school, that's not critical race theory. And we need to make a distinction between like teaching race, teaching, you know, social equality in school systems versus critical race theory. And they're completely different. Right. So a person, a, a scholar who subscribes to CRT and another scholar who's studying racist systems who doesn't subscribe to CRT, they both probably agree that systemic racism exists. They may not both agree that critical race theory is the right way to look at it. So those two are distinct topics. But let's let's dive a little bit further into what critical race theory actually is. So I read a textbook. Uh, the latest version I found was in 2017. It's Critical Race Theory and Introduction, written by Richard Delgado, who is one of those founding members of CRT. And so he wait, gave. So you went to an expert on the subject for your source? Yeah, kind of, kind of a unique take on it. Rather than going to PragerU or Mike Pence, I actually went to a scholar who is an expert in the field. Oh, okay, I mean, this is yeah. this is interesting. I'll see, I'll see yeah. where this goes. A different way, kind of, you know, <laughs> mixing up. Yeah. Uh, I, we're not big on sources here at uh, Reason to Doubt, but I thought I'd change it up. So he gave six basic tenets of critical race theory that he said would be broadly accepted in, in the field. So the first is that race is a social construction. Race is not an objective fact, uh, that there's nothing like biologically sound behind the idea of race. But at the same time, race is real because people have made it real. So it's not a biological fact. There's nothing intrinsic about black people or white people that makes them different per se, or makes one better than or worse than the other. But people have imbued this idea with power. Yeah. And because of that, it has actual impact on people's lives. Right. So it's not a real thing in an objective sense, but it is a real thing in a practical sense. The second tenet is ordinariness. So mm. basically, this is the idea that, that racism is ordinary. It's typical. And it can be difficult to address when you don't acknowledge it as what it is. So one of the things that this is talking about is that colorblindness uh, can be racist. You know, treating all races strictly equally, um, that only addresses the most blatant forms of racism. So things like redlining of of loans, you may not be aware, but there was a practice uh, that the civil rights movement was addressing in part of not giving loans to people who were black because they were black. They would basically draw red lines on the map and say, if you live here, which is a black neighborhood, no loans for you. So treating people equally in a colorblind manner can address that kind of racism. But if there's more uh, nuanced or um, systemic ways that the system is racist, if you treat everyone equally because they're not starting from an equal standpoint, you might actually have racist outcomes. So that's number two. Number three, interest convergence. Racism advances the material interests of white elites and the psychological interests of the white working class. And so those combined factors mean that the majority of society, which is white, has 
no incentive to eradicate the racist structures. Basically, the, the racist system is working for them, so why should they change it? Yeah. So if people in power are benefiting from this, and as long as they're benefit, benefiting from it, they're not going to... Right. And, and it's important to note that that does not mean that the individual white person is prejudiced. Right. Like, and, and that's a key thing that's going to come up again. You can have racist systems, according to CRT and many other scholars, without having prejudiced individuals. Yeah. I think this, this one, the entrance convergence one is, is mostly saying like, there's no motivation for the, the people in these powerful positions or, you know, the white working class to actually do anything like they're, they're not, they don't see the impact of, of these racist systems or, right. you know, so. And you can see that when you talk to people who might be privileged, uh, who might contend, I've had these conversations that racism is overblown or it's not real because they haven't seen it, which is kind of ironic because that's the whole point. You know, you haven't yeah. seen it because you're privileged. But um, so that that's interest convergence. And it goes on also that the advances that were made often are made only when the interests of minorities converge with those of empowerment. So that's, and again, we're not necessarily endorsing each and every one of these points. We're explaining what the theory yeah, exactly, is. Exactly, yeah. So the next point, which I think is number four, differential racialization. Different races can be treated differently through time. So uh, a minority might experience uh, a shift in fortunes. For example, a Muslim in America 30 years ago was maybe just a kind of a person with an unusual culture who maybe dressed a little strange or had interesting uh, customs. And then post 9-11, he's suddenly a security threat. His the, the racial view of him completely changed. Yeah, similarly, Japanese-Americans after Pearl Harbor, right, 1941. Exactly. They're the model minority until the next day they're in internment camps. Yeah. So uh, even though systems are, according to CRT, stacked against minorities, not every minority is going to have the same... Um, the same experience and that those experiences can change over time. Number five, intersectionality. So people are not easily placed into single bins. People can uh, have multiple identities. So a black person could be a woman and also a lesbian and be part of three different minorities. And the intersection of those minorities can lead to differential treatment. So for example, a black woman may experience different um different prejudices or different things stacked against her than a white woman or a black man. There might be something unique about her being a black woman, that intersection that leads to a unique experience. The example they give in the book is there's a black woman who works for a boss who uh, treats her poorly because she is a black woman. He views them as lazy and unreliable, etc. But if she tries to fight back, how can she argue it? Maybe he treats the other women who are white in his office just fine, and he actually likes black men. So if she tried to say he was racist, well, look at all these black men he's treating well. And look, and if she tried to say he's sexist, well, look at all these white women he's treating well. But it's the intersection of those two things that's causing her problem. And finally, the unique voice of color. Uh, different people with different histories and experiences have kind of a privileged position in the sense that they have knowledge that people who didn't go through those experiences don't have. And so we should raise up the voices of oppressed minorities because they have a perspective that um, others who didn't go through those experiences won't have. And so we won't get a full picture of what's going on unless we listen to those who are in the oppressed classes. I mean, they're very nuanced, right? Like, 
on face value, they seem simple, but the more you think about each one of those, like it's very complex. And then right. you combine them all together and that just like, and if that was sounded long and very complicated and like there's a lot of things going on, that's because it is. This is why this is a graduate level course in law school. It's like, like people who have their, like there were, I, I listened to a lot of scholars talking about it and read a lot of their works in preparation for this. And a recurring theme when they were trying to explain this to other people is they were saying, I did not learn this until I was going for my PhD or yeah. I didn't, I didn't encounter CRT until I already graduated as a lawyer, you know? So like, <laughs> this is not being taught to there. The woman, uh, Kimberly, who was one of the founders, again, she said that there is no K-12 curriculum on CRT, full stop. It does not exist. Well, there you go. (laughs) So if you're worried about this being taught to children in in elementary school, it's not happening. So I guess this is a good question to raise right now, then. Then Why are conservatives and, and people on the right so upset about this, and why do they think it's being taught? So that's a great question. And I think for a peek into what some people might be motivated or, or why they might be motivated to do this, uh, here's Christopher Rufo. So Christopher Rufo is a conservative activist. So he's um, unapologetically an activist for the right. And here's what he said publicly on Twitter. We have successfully frozen their brand, quote, critical race theory, into the public conversation and are steadily driving up negative perceptions. We will eventually turn it toxic as we put all of the various cultural insanities under that brand category. So he's being very blatant about the goal of this sort of rhetoric. It's not about critical race theory. What we just described, the the research being done in academia, that's not important. What's important is that people perceive this thing that they are constructing as a negative thing. So they're piling on everything they don't like about the way that race is talked about by the left and by academia under the heading of critical race theory, creating a new brand that they can then rally against. Basically, they're constructing a straw man. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Um, This is pretty interesting. So Christopher Rufo actually works for the Manhattan Institute, but he... um, he is like the poster child and he goes out you can see him on all these interviews. If any kind of podcast has ever been done, any interview that's ever been done, Christopher Rufo is probably on one of them. If you start searching the stuff, because he's just out there just pounding this nonstop. And so what happens is he gets out there starts putting up these straw mans and then other people hear them and start spitting them out. I saw a bunch of stuff on there where they had a guy go out and like, ask a parent at one of these schools, like, why are you out here, you know, protesting this thing? He's like, oh, because critical race theory is teaching children and indoctrinating and spitting out all these lies that we've, we're hearing about. And none of it was based on anything factual. Like it was all just regurgitating these things that you're hearing. So now that we've, we've talked about the motivation of what's going on. So you should always, when you hear something, you should always take the source into it into account. So if you hear something from the Huffington Post, which is an extremely left-leaning publication, or you hear something from PragerU, which is extremely right-leaning, you should keep that bias in mind. So if someone on the right is saying something that is typical for someone on the right, then you should keep that bias in mind and same goes for the left. So understanding what the motivation is for this stated by them, the motivation is on the right to characterize critical race theory this way. And now that we've taken a little bit of time to understand a little bit more, about critical race theory, 
what we're going to do is we're going to go through this PragerU video. What is critical race theory? Because it's very typical of the talking points. And we're just kind of going to address each claim and see if they actually stand up. Some of them will, and some of them won't. Have you heard about critical race theory? I'm guessing you probably have. It has already insinuated itself into many institutions and is making rapid progress into others. If it takes hold, it will completely change the very nature of America and the way you live. Yes, I know you guys can't see this video on the podcast form, but when they says that change the way you live, like they's literally showing a picture of America with a map that gets turned upside down. So like the visual there is very powerful. Now, I'm going to say that it's not necessarily incorrect. Like if we if we really um, digested the, the framework of CRT and implemented the lessons that we glean from it into everyday life, things would change. What yeah. that doesn't mean, though, is that it's bad. Like, that's not a value judgment. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. You have to demonstrate that. Right. Yeah, the words that he's saying could be true, and it could change America, but that could be a good thing. But the, the way that he's saying it and the images they're using are insinuating that it's a bad thing. I.e. poisoning the well. Critical race theory holds that the most important thing about you is your race. The color of your skin, that's who you are. Not your behavior, not your values, not your environment, your race. So I think it's, it's, this is one of those things where you've got just enough truth to be compelling, but then you're using it incorrectly. So it is true that critical race theory holds that a lot about your experience will be driven by your race because of the institutions that govern your life. But that's like, that's your environment, the environment you're in. You know, it doesn't say that an individual who is particularly driven or lucky or whatever can't succeed because that's absurd. Of course, we had a black president. So, of course, black people can succeed, you know. Yeah. And this this one's interesting because it it uses the most important thing. Well, CRT isn't that's not what it's about. It's not about your race. It's about systems. Yeah. And how race is impacted in those systems. So, like. I mean, it, it doesn't take a genius to look at the way America is and see that people who are minorities, particularly black, have across the board worse outcomes on average than people who are white. Even people in the same situation, people who are in poverty who are black are more likely to stay in poverty and less likely to get out of it than people who are white in the exact same situation. I mean, that's so either white people are just intrinsically better, which not that's a little racist, a lot racist. Or there's something else going on. Yeah. And Maybe this, something systemic. <laughs> well, this whole comment about not your behavior or not your environment. Well, CRT actually looks at those things specifically to see, like, how does an environment impact somebody's, you know, right. outcomes? Like, if, if you were to look at it through the lens of CRT. So one of the things that they talk about is the flawed idea of a neutral law. So one of the principles of American jurisprudence is that the law treats everyone equally, right? It does, like, doesn't matter what race you are, what religion you are, you're just you're equal before the law. Blind which, justice. Blind justice, which sounds great, right? That sounds like a great idea. <clears throat> and if it actually did that, it would be great. But CRT says that it doesn't actually do that. And so if you look at uh, two people, like a white person, a black person who committed the same crime, the black person will have worse outcomes because they're black, because the system is not in fact treating them equally or even deeper than that, that there's uh, compounding factors that come from the person being black 
and all of the things that that entails that will lead to the situation being worse. That's what CRT would say. And so it's not as simple as, as treating everyone equally or in a colorblind sense, because treating them colorblind, according to the CRT, is not treating them equally. In critical race theory, if you are a member of a minoritized racial group, their term, not mine, you are a victim of a system that is rigged against you, a system that doesn't want you to succeed. On the other hand, if your race is privileged, you're an exploiter, whether you intend to be or not. So, yeah, kind of. Kind of. It, it's, again, what they're saying is true. The inflection is not. Yeah. So CRT says if you're in a minority, particularly if you're black, that the system is, in fact, rigged against you. But and if and of course, the flip must be true. If it's rigged against the black man or the black person, then if it's not rigged against you, then. You're you're given a leg up if you were to compare the two. Yeah, I think the reason this is so powerful is because people don't want to be told that they're an exploiter, right? They don't want to be told that they're privileged. And and that's the key because it's CRT is not saying that you as a white person are doing anything on purpose to harm anyone. Right, and that, that's where the nuance comes in. It's like, right. yeah. yeah. In, in fact, uh, scholars who subscribe to CRT would say that even if you removed every single prejudiced person from America, the racist system would still persist. Yeah. And that's the problem. And so it's not so much that you, individual white person, are privileged and are exploiting the black man. It's that the system is set up in such a way to give you advantages that are denied other Americans. Um, and mm. we're focusing today on like the black white dichotomy, but CRT has grown from its original roots and has grown to encompass um, the nuances of the Asian minority. Asians are not a monolithic group. Some There's many different kinds of Asian cultures and they are treated differently in America. Some of them are very successful on average. Some of them are not. Uh, same yeah. thing with the uh, Latin group. They're treated like there's a lot of nuance there. So, so we're going to main, I mainly just had a convenience been couching it in white black terms, but it, it goes way beyond that and encompasses yeah. the, the varied experiences of everyone. In the I read an interesting paper from an Asian American. Um, and he's basically said that critical race theory isn't true because Asians debunk it. Like, <laughs> like he said, Asians work hard. They're, they have really strong families. They have, you know, dads who are around and stuff and they put a lot of work effort in and they succeed as a result. And like, so it, and I'm like, well, hold on a second here, but, but like, I mean, yeah, not every single Asian cultural group is the same. Yeah. So that that's, that's a very stereotypical view, but it's not the uniform experience. Also, one of the features of CRT is that different races are racialized differently. And so you could have a group like, for example, if say he's correct, you could have a group that is treated well by this racist system. That doesn't mean the system isn't racist. It means that his group isn't being treated poorly by it. Yeah. Critical race theory begins from the assumption that racism occurs in all interactions. To see how this works, consider this thought experiment. Imagine you own a shop and two customers enter at the same time, one white and one black. Who do you help first? If you help the black person first, critical race theory would say you did so because you don't trust black people to be left alone in your store. That's racist. If you help the white person first instead, Critical race theory would say you did so because you think blacks are second-class citizens. That's racist, too. That's critical race theory. It can find racism in anything, even if it has to read your mind to do it.
Hmm. Interesting. Wait, in this thought experiment, what race is the shop owner? Uh, I, I think they're just assuming that it's white. That's actually a really good point that I didn't consider till just now. They never said anything about the race of the shop owner. I think they just so like expected the shop owner to be white that that was just like they, they didn't even consider an alternative. <laughs> Or, or, yeah. or well, it says because they say, "Imagine you own a shop." I think they're just assuming the person watching this video is white. Probably, <laughs> it's a pretty good chance. <laughs> probably, yeah. it's probably like they know their audience. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so hopefully, from our description of critical race theory, you can see the problem here. Critical race theory is talking about systems, not individuals. Right. And so, whether the shopkeeper helps the black guy first or the white guy first maybe the black guy walked in first, so he gets help first. Like there, there isn't necessarily anything racist about that interaction because that's not what critical race theory is about. What it would instead be about is uh, you own a shop. Where's that shop located? Can the black person get to that shop easily? Or is it really hard for them to travel to your shop, which is maybe the only place they can get food? If that's the case, maybe there's a food desert and it's that way because of historic systems that are in place that, historically led to this deprivation of the black neighborhood for easy access to food. That's critical race theory. See how much more nuance that is. Yeah. Yeah, critical race theory is looking at all the stuff behind the, the before everything that came before somebody walking into your shop. Like it's looking at everything that's put into there. But this last little bit where they say that's critical race theory, it can find racism in anything, even if it has to read your mind to do so, to do it. That is just utter bullshit. That is literally like saying, hey, you know, this is CRT is trying to make things racist. And they're it's not the truth, man. That's not what is happening here at all. Um, what they're trying to do is dig beneath the colorblind veneer and get to the actual racist implications yeah. of the system that we have. That's what CRT is saying. Critical race theory is a uniquely American invention. Brewed up at Harvard Law School in the 70s, now part of the academic and media mainstream, it is also uniquely un-American because it rejects the core tenets of the American classically liberal Judeo-Christian value system. It turns the bedrock American idea upside down. Here it is in the words of Richard Delgado and Gene Stefanczyk, two leading proponents. Critical race theory questions the very foundations of the liberal order, including equality theory, legal reasoning, enlightenment rationalism, and the neutral principles of constitutional law. It does this because critical race theory proponents assume racism is present everywhere and always, and they look for it critically until they find it. And they always find it. It has to be there because that's how the imperial European powers and then America set things up. So they added a quote from the two individuals who wrote the textbook that I read. And the quote, so far as I can tell, is accurate. It's things that they say in the textbook. Well, they also present information that some of the founders right. of this movement, I mean, and they accurately portray like how right. it got started. So, I mean, there's some truth there. Right. Uh, and I think that that's accurate, that CRT does question the foundations of liberalism, little l, liberalism, uh, equality theory, the enlightenment rationalism, the neutral principles of constitutional law, which we've already talked about. Like That's all correct. It does, in fact, do all those things. But the way that they present it in this PragerU video, they just says, it does these things. 
and then doesn't do anything at all to say whether those things are bad. It just like assumes that you're going to think they're bad because they say it in a mean, scary voice. Yeah. And then they go on to think for these people and tell them why they're doing it. And they're doing it because they assume that racism is present everywhere and always, um, which is, is not the case. I mean, well, the, the idea is that r- race is the racist outcomes is the normal functioning of the American system, the way it's set up. And so we need to critically examine it to uh, deconstruct that sort of racist beginnings. And if you think about it, like this, this may sound, I'm sure if you're listening to this as someone who um, is, is very patriotic or someone who, who doesn't see America as a racist country, this might sound like you're under attack or something. But if you just kind of take a step back and just look at American history, America was founded as a slave owning nation and was one of the principal drivers behind the transatlantic slave trade. We fought a whole war about this. You know, we spent what from 1619 to at least 1970. So what is that? 460 years, 450 years math, right? Uh, explicitly subjugating people of a certain race, like in the law, in the constitution set up this way. All CRT is saying is, Hey, maybe that, huge chunk of our history left some left some lingering stuff maybe there's still some stuff going on putting out about that and the other side is saying yeah it's not american (laughs) (laughs) well actually it is american and 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 i think like you may so again and they say that uh crt is now part of the academic and media mainstream i'm not sure that would be accurate because it is like the people these scholars describe themselves as a small group within the the larger legal community so i'm not sure mainstream would be accurate but if you think if they're correct that racism does in fact infect our system from top to bottom wouldn't we want to excise that like isn't removing that and identifying it a good thing you you would think it would be right Um, so i would think that if prager you or whomever thinks that crt is wrong the way to do that would be to show that they're wrong that our system doesn't have racist outcomes, right? Like, wouldn't that be the way? Like, because hopefully we can all agree that if the system is in fact treating people poorly based on their race, that's bad, right? I I would like to say we can all agree on that. I want to be able to say that. Yeah, but, but let's let's just say that and hope everyone listening agrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. Here, as in all dangerous academic theories, there is a kernel of truth. Human beings were not preoccupied with race until the 16th century, when Europeans began to explore and then colonize other parts of the world. Drawing distinctions between the races reached its peak in the 19th century with the widespread use of slave labor in North and South America. No one denies this. But since then, the Western world, and most especially America, has spent a lot of time, money, and blood breaking free of its racist past. It's been a rocky road for sure, but great progress has been made. Uh, yeah, we've made a lot of progress. Good for us. We got a lot more progress to make, and that's what CRT is saying. Like, yeah, uh, it, it's not enough to say, "Hey, we don't own people's property anymore. We're done." You know, <laughs> yeah. hey, those slaves. Yeah, we don't have slaves no more. So this is all. We're all good here. Yeah, basically, what this guy is saying at this point <laughs> is, "Hey, we freed the slaves. Like, we struck." john's chains off over there we didn't give him his donkey or mule or his land or anything we literally just took his chains off but he's not a slave so we're not racist anymore 
nanny nanny boo boo you know like the, the irony of having this and if you're watching you should be watching the video along with as i highly recommend you watch it uh this middle-aged white guy say declaring that racism is solved in america is just overwhelming critical race theory says all this progress is a mirage racism never died never even faded a little bit it just hid itself better critical race theory therefore is not a continuation of the civil rights movement it is in fact a repudiation of it to critical race theorists martin luther king was both wrong and naive White Americans can never judge blacks by the content of their character. They can only judge them, always unfavorably, consciously or unconsciously, by the color of their skin. So I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but some of this is true. So in a sense, critical race theory is a repudiation of the civil rights movement because, like we said, the critical race theorists, the CRTs, the crits as they call themselves, don't think that the way that the civil rights movement went about it with incrementalism and trying to fix the system from within is an effective way to go about change. Right. But that doesn't mean that the progress that was made is a mirage or that it never happened or that, you know, that is just utter nonsense. Like well, see, what, people who uphold critical race theory recognize that some progress was made and that that progress was good. But then they said, but then that progress got eroded and rolled back, and that's bad. And why did that happen? And so, yeah. in fact, in the in the textbook, and you can, if you do some creative Google foo, you can find this textbook on your own. So I highly recommend you do that. But they spend like a whole chapter talking about this, like putting critical race theory in the context of the civil rights movement and how those two sides have different ideas of the way that we should do, why those two ideas are in conflict, but also how they can work together. So the critical race theorists aren't saying that Martin Luther King was, was an idiot or a complete waste of time. What they're saying is we think there's a better way to do it, but hey, as long as you're all working for the same goal, maybe we can both, like, we're, we're all working for the same goal. We just have different ideas of how to get there. Yeah, but this, this whole idea about white Americans not being able to judge blacks by the content of their character, but then they can only judge them by the color of their skin, that's just inflammatory and it's just... So what CRT actually says is that the system is set up in a way that favors white people and that people generally lack empathy and aren't willing to go to bat if it doesn't favor them personally. And I think if you don't believe that, all you have to do is talk to any anti-vaxxer about whether they should get vaccinated for the good of other people. If you have any illusions about an abundance of empathy that exists in America, do that and you'll be disabused of that notion. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think it's ridiculous to suggest that if a system will is set up to favor a certain group, that that group is unlikely to stir themselves to change that system. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I agree with you. But this whole idea that racism never died. Well, if it didn't, wouldn't we want to know that? Like, and it's pretty obvious that it hasn't. I mean. Right. It, 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 this is kind of a. A situation where he's saying something with a a snide tone of voice as if that were an argument. Like right. critical race theorem says all this progress is a mirage, racism never died, as if that is blatantly ridiculous. But it's not. It's not like de facto ridiculous. If racist outcomes still happen, maybe racism is still a thing. <laughs> yeah. And and if it is, wouldn't we and, and if you do have empathy for fellow human beings and you care about people regardless of the color of their skin and based on their content. 
of their character, maybe you would want to know that. Ironically, not since the Aryan obsession in Germany in the 1930s and 1940s, or South African apartheid in the second half of the 20th century, has a social movement been so obsessed with race. What's that internet rule that says that you only go a certain amount of time before someone calls somebody a Nazi? <laughs> Is it Maxwell? Hold on. Oh my gosh, no, I don't remember. Godwin's Law. Godwin's Law, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, is an internet adage asserting that as online discussion grows longer, just regardless of topic or scope, the probability of a comparison involving Nazis approaches one. Well, we didn't even get to the end of this freaking video before we <laughs> before CRT was compared to Nazism, so that didn't last long. Yeah, this this is just blatant, like Godwin's law. If you if you can, oh look, CRT is talking about race, and you know who else talked about race? Hitler. <laughs> it, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, oh. You can talk about like I, I hope. Look, Hitler was talking about race in order to kill the Jews. The CRT is talking about race in order to stop racism. Those two things are not the same thing. Yeah. Now, if if you see a bunch of white people start dying because a bunch of critters are out there, maybe we ought to have a yes. It, it, yes. If if critical race theorists leave the halls of Harvard and start stuffing white people into gas chambers, then we'll have a discussion. Yeah. This is ridiculous. All right, we, that, we won't give him any more. Yeah. Critical race theory is then, in a very real sense, a counter-American revolution. But that's a positive, not a negative, to those who subscribe to the theory. The American experiment was given a 400-year tryout, and it doesn't work. So let's scrap it. That's what they believe. Is that what you believe? I'm going to guess that most of you don't. Yes. So, so what if you, oh my gosh, like, all right, let's say that the American, you know, experiment was a failure. Okay. We would still, that doesn't mean that you scrap the entire thing. It doesn't mean that, oh my, I don't even know what to say about so, this. Real talk. If America was in fact set up in such a way that systems were all the time normally subjugating black people and other minorities, would you want to know? And if you would like to know, would you want to fix it? If the answer to that is yes, then you should reject everything that this idiot just said. Because just saying, oh, it's a counter-American revolution, that they think the system isn't working, well, what if it's not working? You know, yeah. like, and again... The purpose of this show is not necessarily to endorse critical race theory or to say it's completely correct. We're just trying to present what critical race theory. We're kind of arguing from the CRT standpoint in order to defend against these claims that are being made. But more fundamentally, this entire video, which is now finished, and Mike Pence's comments and everybody else's, none of them are substantiating any of these claims. They are simply claiming that critical race theory says that racism is dead and obviously racism they are just claiming critical race theory says racism still exists. And obviously that's ridiculous. Therefore it's wrong. Like they're not substantiating any of this as a bad thing. They just say it's a counter American revolution. They think what we're doing is wrong. Okay. Well, is it wrong? Like, <laughs> Yeah. In, is it a counter American revolution? Is that what critical race theory is actually saying? I, I think it's fair to describe it as anti the anti the current american system 
because they say that the current American system is hopelessly racist. So if by counter-American revolution you mean they are against the system as it currently exists, then sure. Yeah. But if they're correct that that system is racist, shouldn't we all be against it? Isn't that a good thing? If if people who uphold critical race theory believe that the system is racist and built from the start as racist and is not going to change, then it makes sense that they would be counter for that if they don't like racism. (laughs) Right. I, I would go so far as to say that if the critical race theorists believed all those things that you just said, and was not against the system, that would be pretty effing racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know it's racist, but you know, I really don't care. Like, uh, I mean, we've been doing it for 400 years. So I have, you know, I mean, all my stuff's here. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's, well, hmm. yeah. So, yeah. I, I wanted to talk really quick now that we're at the end. I think we've demonstrated that the rhetoric being put about critical race theory is not addressing critical race theory itself, it's addressing more broadly, the Black Lives Matter and the, the kind of new civil rights movement in general. Yeah, a lot of these things have been kind of put under the banner head of CRT, like over the past. And this happened all basically at the end of 2020. Uh, a lot of it sparked after George Floyd uh, and, you know, Breonna Taylor and stuff. And the consciousness, people were at home on the Internet searching, researching. Right. They're being exposed to all these social movements and, you know. Right. We can't say blue eyes matter anymore because January 6th showed that that was, well, a dog whistle to end all dog whistles. So now we need another dog whistle and the new dog whistle is anti-CRT. But I think for me, the idea that we should treat everyone equally, you know, without any consideration given to their circumstances or to race sounded very appealing to me back in the day. Because it sounds just, it, it it sounds intrinsically fair, right? How could you get more fair than treating everyone equally, right? Um, and so if that describes you, imagine this. Imagine that we're running a race. But before the race starts, the white guy gets, it's, it's a 100-yard dash. The white guy gets to go to the 50-yard line. And maybe, you know, another guy from a different culture group goes to the 40-yard line, and the black guy doesn't start at the starting line. He actually starts outside in the parking lot. And then we say go. Now, what the other side is saying is, well, it would be unfair to make any adjustment because, look, they're just running. They're in a race. You know, we have to treat them all equally. You know, if we're going to improve one guy's shoes, we have to improve everyone's shoes. That's fair, right? Whereas... The other side, critical race theorists, among others, are saying, you put the black guy in the parking lot. That's not fair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of wrap up like there's no real reason to fear CRT. Right. You know, as our awareness of of these racist systems and policies, you know, um, kind of increase, you know, our understanding of how to dismantle them, it kind of increases as well. The only reason you would fear this CRT is if you fear a loss of power, like, right. If you, if you're so upset about CRT and looking into things to find out they're racist, you may need to start asking your yourself a question of why you feel that way. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it, it really blows my mind. Like, right. Uh, we've said it again. I'll say it one more time. If America was actually racist, would you want to know? Hopefully yeah. the answer is yes. And so just like with, with this, just like with any other topic we've talked about, you have nothing to fear from the truth. And so 
if you think that CRT is wrong, or you think that the BLM movement is wrong, or you think any of these people are wrong, the right way to go about it is to look at the evidence and see if they're actually wrong, like empirically speaking. Yeah. Are black people actually discriminated against in America? Do the systems lead to racist outcomes? Answer that question. And if the question is no, hey, great. I would love to live in a country that's not racist. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing I'd like to say is like, we've kind of demonstrated what CRT is. But when you hear somebody throwing it out there like, oh, critical race theory is in the schools and they're indoctrinating our kids. That's not true. That is something completely different. So educate those people. Say, are you certain? Are you certain that that is critical race theory, or is it something different? And make those distinction distinctions and open up a conversation about it. I mean, it may be a difficult conversation to have if the person's obviously upset about critical race theory, but you know, probably should call them out for being a racist. So, right. I think the key takeaway is that if you disagree with critical race theory in any of its particulars, you're a racist. If you take nothing else away from this video, this podcast. <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> Jordan's calling you a racist. <laughs> calling you out. Anti-CRT. Prager you. Prager you probably is racist, though. Okay. Well, that was an episode that I'm sure will upset nobody and ruffle no feathers. Yeah, and <laughs> just, just so we one more time, just so we can say this. We are not necessarily proponents or believers of CRT. We were literally just presenting, trying to... Yeah play that role and say, this is what they CRT actually is. And this is the arguments that they actually have. And this is their position. Full disclosure. I I'm pretty persuaded by the evidence that America is systemically racist and yeah. that there are uh, deep systemic issues in the way that we govern and the, uh, the way our society is at large that are oppressing minorities, particularly black minorities, but other minorities as well. As yeah. well. Now, whether that is correctly viewed through the lens of CRT or some other theory, I don't know. I'm not a graduate law student, so I, I've read one textbook. I'm not an expert in CRT, so I don't consider myself educated enough on the topic to say yes, CRT or not. So yeah. I, I think, yes, systemic racism is a real thing. Is CRT the right way to address it? I don't know. Much smarter people than me are going to figure that out. What he said. Full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> Here at the end of the video, and probably no one's listening anyway. Yeah. But if you are listening, we hope you enjoyed the show. We hope that uh, next time someone in a MAGA hat is yelling at you about CRT, you'll know better and be able to correct them. If you disagree with us, uh, then definitely tell us in vivid detail. Uh, you can talk to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash reason to doubt, or if you're listening to on YouTube, you can also comment there, obviously. Uh, if you like the video, leave it a like. All the usual thing, like, comment, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. If you do that, it will help this podcast get to other people so other people can talk about it too. And if you didn't like it, then tell us why so we can agree. That'd be great. Yeah. And, and if you do make an assertion, back it up with some evidence because we kind of yeah. like that. Citation, please. That'd yeah. be great. Uh, and while you're looking for those citations, remember, you've always got reason to doubt. Peace out. <laughs>